For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. What a beautiful Sunday this is. Happy Father's Day to everyone. We've got a big show coming your way. We've got guests. We've got all the information that you'll need to get your Sunday happening for you and make you feel good. And we've got plenty of AFL to talk about. And who better to talk AFL with but this man? What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's going to swoop? Andrew McLeod! Bravo, indeed. Is that the best finals opening weekend that we've ever had, Bungie? I'll tell you what, Case. Oh, it's, it's, we've waited all year for some cracking footy, and finals have certainly delivered. And it's been it's since Thursday night. It's just been amazing to watch. And the last couple of last couple of games, absolute crackers. Can't wait to uh, dissect those a bit further down the track. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to chatting some basketball as well. The NBL 1 Grand Finals were played here in Adelaide last night. Big results coming through. And the man to talk all about hoops and more is, of course, this man. From Ma. Yes. Big shot by Brett Ma. Morning to you, Big Shot. <laughs> Thanks, Case. Yeah, there's been – I love watching uh, some of those footy games. They were excellent. And uh, watch the basketball and some good results there as well. And for the people listening in this morning here on SENSA 1629, your voice is important as well. Give us a call on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 we're doing the Bungie and Bradster Show. All thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. So where do we kick off? Should we kick off with the news just coming in about the UFC? Brett Maher, you're a big uh, ultimate fighting championship fan. <laughs> oh, look at him. Look at him. He's built, he's for, the, he's built for the cage case. Look at him. <laughs> I would last literally, I think, 10 seconds before I fell over and tapped myself out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there were some uh, there were some good results. Uh, Gain in the heavyweight uh, fight uh, was too good for Tuvasa, um, ending that uh, in the third round. Uh, the one that I was probably a little bit more interested in was the Whitaker fight, where he beat uh, Marvin Vittori. That went the distance, um, teetered on uh, finishing early, but he's uh, he's very good, and I would have to say. The best in that uh, middleweight weight range, probably. He's beaten everyone other than Adesanya. Adesanya, the style bender, of course. We all know him. Bring it on. Um, yeah. What you saying? Yeah. Well, uh, you'd be a good last promoter. time. Adesanya, um, in their last fight, was very good and probably just a little bit classier. But I thought Whitaker was right around the mark the last time those two fought. He's got that rangy sort of, uh, and he's got you know, he's he's all arms and legs, and he's uh, he's very dangerous. Keeps him at a distance. Yeah, a lot of that last fight that they there was a lot of feeling out and and not enough fighting for my mind and uh, I like to see kind of this is coming uh, from a bloke who said he just about tapped himself out as he jumped <laughs> in the ring. Just well, I still like to watch the the good stuff happen and uh, there wasn't enough of that. Especially you expect it from Adesanya when he's fighting. Can I just quickly tap on Father's Day? Happy, uh, happy, happy Father's yes. Day. 
Happy birthday. Happy Father's Day to both of you. Um, I think they're your kids' bunge, but uh, <laughs> to you, Case, uh, happy Father's Day. No, they definitely are. Dem's fighting words. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, and uh, great to have so many fathers uh, enjoying the program, listening in today. We've got a lot to get through. AFL, AFLW. We're going to cross live to the Adelaide Oval for the Sample Finals, cricket, basketball, US Open tennis, live golf, Cam Smith signs. Said he'd tell us when he was going to sign, but then didn't actually tell us until a few days after the event that it was announced. And Robbie Cornthwaite is all across the EPL. The Matildas beaten by Canada and everything else happening in the soccer world at the moment, including Ange Postacoglu. His record at Celtic, having been Rangers overnight, it is something to behold. He's doing great stuff at the moment. But something that caught my eye, Brett Maher, this week was Mickey Mantle's Actually, <laughs> playing card bought yeah. in 1952 for about five cents has sold for 18.3 million. And I don't know what uh, the Brett Maher card is at Mayhem Collectibles at the moment, the great sponsor of the show. Surely but I'm, it's going up. It's going up, but I think it's going to struggle to get the 18.3 M bungee. Can, I've got a question for you guys when it comes to some of these, and our great friends at Mayhem Collectibles might be able to push us in the right direction. But when you have a card and it's worth that much money, does is, is there a royalty that goes back? So if the Brett Maher card goes to $18 million, does Brett Maher actually get a cut of that? Is there a royalty that comes back to Brett Maher? You're using his IP, his image, his, you know, like... I think you sign it away. Zero. Really? You get zero. I didn't sign anything, even for those original cards. I don't think you're not getting a piece of that seventy seventy six cents. I don't get any of that seventy cents. <laughs> I just thought as the raw as <laughs> as it gets sold on and someone sells it for seventy seven cents, you get you know one point two cents or whatever that is. I don't think so, but uh, yeah, I don't think they have to worry with mine. But uh, I, I don't think Mickey Mantle has to worry either. He's uh... Yeah, but what about his what about his family? What about yeah. the fact that they're actually you know I, their return on investment? I mean, uh, it's amazing that sporting cards. I'm going to look into this. That much I think there should be something to do. A royalty should go back to the family. As those cards will stay, as like you said, those Could, cards stay around. Like 1950, what is it? 1952? Did you say, Case? Yep, one cent or between one and five cents. They believe when it and it's mint condition from 1952. I think he should get. I think his family should get a cut of that. Well, I'm looking into it. The foresight to keep that in mint condition, and uh, and they do. They wrap them up and has to be crisp. Like They check it thoroughly. Um, is there any Brett Mark? Like, seriously, Brett Mark cards? How many? Is it would be a few. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's heaps. Yeah, I've got, no, but I've got five or six, I think. Maybe the NBL are bringing them back this yeah, season. They Maybe they're going to go uh, retro. A Hall of Fame version. Yeah, why That'd not? Be good. You're in, <laughs> as the Hoff. They did a commentator's version a few years ago, and I've still got... Well, quite a few of those. I don't know that they actually sold to me. Well, well they would another, give away There's cards. another question. Can we go <laughs> to uh, Mayhem Collectibles and talk to the boys there about what a John Casey card's worth? Yeah, well, they probably don't have any. I've got most of them. They gave them to me <laughs> because they couldn't get rid of them. But how about Jack Miller bringing the Australian Superbike Championships to the bend in November? Look, he's a superstar. These guys are reckless out on those bikes. Well, not reckless on the bikes, but they are brave as can be. I'm wondering if the bend, given we don't have the F1 Grand Prix here, let's bring the 500 cc's here down to Adelaide soon we're taking over the com games and other big events as well yeah we've certainly had a great history in the 500 cc's over the over the journey in the super bikes and Mick Dewan, Wayne Gardner the greats of uh like we've got that history so bringing Jack Miller bringing you know the 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 500s here 
It makes sense, Marzi. I love the spectacle of it. I love how close they get to the ground. Like they're skimming the ground at 180 k's or whatever on it's the crazy. corners. Absolutely, absolutely crazy, crazy. And, and fun to watch. And there's not too many of them going around that don't have I, ten broken bones. I either. remember like years ago. Come off at high speed. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with uh, Wayne Gardner many, many moons ago, and he was saying like, "You're, you guys are crazy. What you do on the footy field?" I was like. Coming from a bloke, yep, he's running, he's he's riding a bike at three hundred clicks, hanging on by the seat of his pants. Come on, have you seen the X-rays of Mick doing oh, <laughs> and yeah. the broken bones? It's unbelievable. But that'll be that'll be fantastic to uh, see the super bikes here. And just quickly off the top, what do we think about coaching at the U.S. Open tennis? It's been absolutely diabolical. I don't like it at all, and it, it's just opened up a whole can of worms. Of if these people already don't have enough problems talking to their box, i.e. Nick Kyrgios. But the coaching now, I see coaches trying to influence the opponent by talking a lot, making noises, and they've been told to be quiet. This is good. The US Open has to lose this coaching. I don't think it's working at all. I think it's, it's all good, isn't it? It's all part of the tactics. What about I love when you see when you see Kyrgios go up to his box and you saw it in the first game uh, when he played Thanasi and he was like, Guys, give me something. Yeah. Give me something. What does he want? His guys are over here. Get, get up out of your seat. <laughs> Cheer him up. What I don't get, okay, so these guys are getting paid a, a lot of money. You go from coming through, playing out of your local park, like all sorts of noises you're dealing with. All of a sudden you get to the top level. No one can make a sound at all during <laughs> the point. Yeah, you have to go wipe yourself down after every point with a towel. You don't do that on a Sunday Afternoon or a Saturday afternoon when you're playing the part, these guys are over well, the top. Towel. Over the top. Some of them, after every point, are going wiping themselves down. Not for me. Not for what me. If, what, just, oh, just play through the. Oh, noise. I can't wait till the coaches bring the time out in. Bring the time out. In. Okay, hang on, guys. I just need to go talk to my athlete. Time out. <laughs> well, why can't they sit courtside? That's and where they should in do it. The and changes, do, come and sit courtside, have yeah. a quiet chat to your player. What's, I don't mind that. That's the yeah, I don't mind up it. and all that. They're allowed to sit there and do it. Well, how many other world sports, or pretty much every other world sport, gets to, the coaches get to talk to their athletes, don't they? There's not too many sports that you don't. No, that's right. No. But, but putting the other opponent off is probably yeah, overstepping oh, that line. But I, I agree talking Well, to you know what? Be, get tougher. <laughs> if, if you're letting the other coach from, the, from the, yeah, the the opposition, right? If they if the coach is getting your head, that's bad luck to you. Mm. Suffering get, your jocks. Get better. <laughs> We're underway here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. What a Sunday morning this is proving to be. We're doing it all for the new Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. And we're going to be talking AFLW right after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. And a very good morning to you here on this Father's Day Sunday. Congrats to all the dads out there. 14 degrees, a beautiful day outside. We've got live sample coming up from Adelaide Oval today. Get out and support that if you can. They've got special Father's Day events on, so a lot to look forward to there. Big stories everywhere we look. And one of the biggest has been the AFLW again this weekend, and we're happy to say that Gemma Houghton from the Port Adelaide Football Club is joining us here on a Sunday morning. Gemma, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Thanks very much for sharing your time here with us. It didn't get the result you were after yesterday. You managed to kick the first goal at Alberton, though. Let's talk about that crowd and the buzz that was around the game. That must have been outstanding. 
yeah, I mean, obviously disappointed that we couldn't get the job done in front of the home crowd. But, um, yeah, I've never experienced anything like that. And that was really special. And I know the girls definitely felt um, the crowd. It was a lockout capacity. And, and just to be able to perform at home at Alberton um, was very special for all of us. Now, Gemma, coming from uh, Frio, and you made your debut over there in, in 2017, it's, obviously they've got a, a great history over there as, in terms of their club, but walking into Alberton, can you just explain that coming from you know, somewhere different to, to into Alberton um, and the, the history and, and what that feels like for you? Yeah, well, Alberton is such a special, um, you know, it's our, our home and there's been such... Um, a rich history with the club and obviously the the museum at the club we've all had tours of it and had um, a lot of past players come in and obviously speak about the the rich history of the club and you know it's an honour to to even put on the jumper and and represent you know Port Adelaide and and the club and what it is so um, yeah again just such a a rich history and obviously now um, even more special with the W team coming in and being one all together now. I was uh, listening to the coach after the game and uh, she was saying about the contested possession, obviously, you lost on the day and, and just linking through to the forward line. Is that some easy things to uh, change and correct uh, to get ready for next week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, yeah, we, we lost the contested um, footy, but I think we showed um, you know, last week and this week as well that we are a competitive side and that we bring the pressure and um, you know, a, a credit to Bulldogs. They're a really good side. They've been in the competition for seven years. Um, but for us to, to match them, especially in the third quarter, um, you know, I, I think there's just a few things that need to come together. But once they do, um, I think we'll be a really, really strong side. Yeah, I think uh, just looking at that, so it's the, I guess inside 50s and for you particularly, that connection of building that connection and, and given that you've got such a, a young side too, that's just going to take some time to actually gel, isn't it? Yeah, I think we have incredible players, and um, even the girls that um, are yet to, to debut coming on the site, coming into the team, they're going to um, bring a, amazing pressure as well. And I think it's just, it's like anything, it's just going to take a little bit of time, and um, we don't know when that could be. It could be, you know, this week or the week after. But I know when it comes, it's going to be special, and the girls can feel it. And I think we're ready. There's always uh, unfortunate incidents in the game as well. The the lower leg fracture to Brittany Goodneck. Um, that happened through the game. It was uh, obviously not intentional. Have you heard the latest on that? How she's going? Yeah, well, um, I'm I'm not sure in terms of um, how she's going. I know, um, obviously, a really unfortunate part of footy, and you know, we really feel for Britain. Um, got got around her, and I know that. Um, yeah, I know she'll be supported um, by Western Bulldogs, and obviously, we send her um, all, all the best for her recovery. But just an unfortunate injury, and um, yeah, we just hope she recovers well. Hey, Gemma, I just wanted to ask yourself about, obviously, you've come across with a lot of experience, uh, two-time All-Australian, and stepping into a, a real leadership, uh, I guess, uh, you know, with some responsibility and a leadership position within the side, surrounded by, um, you know, some girls like with, obviously, Aaron Phillips, who's uh, one of the greats of the game, and, and Ange Foley. How how uh, how does that go? Like, do you sit there when you when you line up against uh, what will sit next to Aaron Phillips and go, wow, how how cool is this? Yeah, I um, I actually still do it at training, and I think um, I'm hoping that I'm not sort of scaring her a bit, but I talk to her quite often. <laughs> I talk to her quite often and, and just say, you know, like how in awe I am of her and um, just even with her 
um, basketball background and obviously um, now her football and the legacy that she's created already in the competition in the seven years and, and her history with Alberton is so special to, to play under her as, uh, as our captain. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, she, what she brings to this team is so valuable and um, the girls are just learning off her and, and, yeah, she's a huge part of it. Some pretty tight games and a few blowouts uh, in the round so far. Notice that the Cats... Uh, Beat the Dockers pretty easily, 27-1 to 1 there. Any of the teams so far, I know we've only had a couple of rounds, uh, surprising you this early? Yeah, well, I think um, there's still a few games to come today, but I think, um, there's, yeah, I mean, obviously Geelong um, have, have come in well and really played well. Um, I think even against the Dogs um, on the weekend, they've obviously come, that's their second win. So I know that they're a strong side coming into the competition um, and a few games will play out today and, um, yeah, there's there's a few strong sides in the comp that I've seen already. And Gemma, as part of next week's programming, uh, you're up against Carlton. So they play uh, in the next hour or so against Essendon. Is that a requirement that you all get around? And do you have to get together as a group to watch that game or do you get fed through those video highlights that you need to see post-game? Um, yeah, no, I don't think it's a requirement to watch the game. I think maybe a few will. I mean, we're going to come up against Carlton and Essendon in the competition. So, um, yeah, there'll be a few girls that will watch it, I'm sure. But um, we will we'll do our homework during the week that we need to do and um, prepare more focused on, I guess, um, our, our game first and, and just focus on what we can bring and what we can change from, you know, the game just yesterday. And um, we want to come into the to the game again and play four quarters strong and bring that pressure. And the Port Adelaide fans, there were 5,367. That's a Great massive finish. crowd for AFLW there yesterday. And they bought the Never Tear Us Apart start that we've seen at Adelaide Oval for the men's team. That would have been the first time that you'd experienced that. How did you find all that? Oh, it was incredible. I mean, even to see, um, you know, a patch sort of um, crowd at Alberton and we trained there and we've trained there the last 11, 12 weeks. And so to play our first home game and run out and um, that never tear us apart is so special. I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to go to a few men games um, earlier on in the season and be a part of it and to experience that, you know, with us on the field and you just look up and look around and take it all in. And um, yeah, I think we've got an amazing support base here and one of the best um, in the competition. And I can't wait again for our home game to, to do it all again. Yeah, I can certainly uh, thoroughly recommend it. So appreciate your time here this morning, Gemma. Good luck next week. Let's hope you can break the duck against the Carlton team next week in Melbourne. Appreciate your time here this morning on the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Gemma Houghton there from the Port Adelaide Football Club. So they're 0-2 and two at the moment, but not the only team in that scenario. Let's hope they don't follow the men and go 0-5. and five. Big win for the Crows yesterday, coming from behind to defeat Richmond in the AFLW, 5-6-36-4-3-27. So that just... Richmond are a good team. So for the Crows to get a win after an opening loss, I think will do wonders for them. I'm surprised that uh, it, this is the first time in four years that they've actually played it each other since Richmond entered the competition. So it's actually good. It would have been a bit of a, a danger game for the Crows. Like to actually, they, they haven't, they haven't experienced that oppo before. So to be actually go out there, it would have been, you know, a bit of foreign territory too, to go out there and, and play against them. But they were able to get the, the, the win in the end. But, um, and I think based on the fact, I think Richmond actually dominated them quite early. They did. They 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 controlled that game for most part of the... 24 to 6 inside 50s in the first half. Yeah. That's a massive advantage. 
And I think if it wasn't for the, it looked like a very strong breeze that the girls came home with. And on the back of Abby Ballard kicking two goals, probably um, got him across the line, Brett. So um, just a couple of things that, that that's probably stood out for me in that game is Chelsea Bedell is a star. Outstanding. She's a star, right? Yeah. She's going to be a very, very good player. She's building some sort of game and she is probably one of the best defenders in the competition. And we know with Chelsea, she's got an elite leg. She kicks the ball 50 metres. Yeah. You know, and she, one of the best kicks in the comp, isn't and, she? And not just kicks it long. She actually hits targets and she is going to get better and better. And and I'm I'm loving watching her. She was probably best on ground for mine. Um, and, and obviously Chelsea Randall, they're trying to find that. They're trying to find where Chelsea fits at the moment. They're, they're pushing her into the midfield. She's she's obviously the she's the the misfixit for them. So whenever they've got a bit of an issue, whether that be forward, back, or, or in the midfield, they put her there. And we're, no doubt she's a star. She's one of the best players in the competition uh, when it comes to that. But the problem is when you're sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit when you're throwing her and thrusting into the midfield, they, they pushed her forward, um, which which made their um, forward line look a, a lot stronger in that last last period. But, um, yeah, obviously the usuals, um, uh, Anne Hatchard and, and Ebony Maradoff, uh, you know, stepped up. They get up. a lot of the ball, they, don't they? They, get, they do get a lot of the footy. Um, but they... Their disposals with that much of the footy be a little bit better, Bungie? Yeah, I've, I think one thing for Hatchie, and, and uh, when I watch her, she looks a little bit rushed at the moment. So taking a little bit more time when she's got the ball, have a bit more composure. She probably, it's, it's a bit of that perceived pressure when you're playing in the midfield. Is Sometimes you think you're under pressure, more pressure than you are. I'd just like to see a, someone to get in their ear and say, you know what, Hatch, I think if you just take a little bit more time, get a little bit more composure, don't don't worry. Take the fear out of getting tackled and, and that because she's a beast and she's going to be hard to tackle anyway. But I think if they can just work on that, um, obviously it's only early in the piece as well and she's going to get better. But for mine, and and I love to watch the girls game and I think it's, 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 a, it's, it's evolving and it's getting better as the years go on. But for the opposition, and I'm going to make a statement right here now, I think Monique Conti is the best player in the competition. She's very good. Yeah, she, Tigers she, midfielder gets it done. She is amazing. She's been very good for the last few. But her, she, she's got that Pendlebury-esque um, skill set. And she's got, she's, down. Got, she's yeah. got a basketball background, Brester. Yeah. But in, say no more. In, <laughs> I've seen you with the footy. It's like poetry in motion. You're like a bad a ball, poetry. Like a ballet dancer. Hey, I don't, I don't get how you can play four years and not face a team. And I know I was talking about it before the show that they've got uh, ten, uh, ten rounds, yeah. eighteen teams. There's going to be some teams that get uh, an easier side of the draw than others. And you'd imagine, based on the men's, that the Collingwood would get looked after. Oh, so there we go. The other thing that they've been pretty low scores. I, I think for, um, I think for viewing and all that in any game, like I don't think. Just quickly jumping the men's, that Richmond-Brisbane game, 106, 104. That is the perfect of what everyone wants to Shoot see. High-flowing, big scores. And I want to see the girls be able to put up 50, 60, 70, 80 points in a game. I'd love to see that evolve as the game goes on. Yeah, well, hold that thought because we're going to talk men's AFL coming up just after the news with the Bungie and Bretster Show here on SENSA 1629. Thanks to Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles, the Parade Nord, one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cards and collectibles specialist. Mayhemcollectibles.com.au. More Bungie and Bretster here on your Father's Day Sunday straight after we get to this. The SEN app. 
Download it today and never miss a moment of your favourite show. Streaming live anywhere, anytime. Making SEN News this hour. A damning new report has revealed the deaths of 33 Victorians were linked to the state's triple zero crisis. A $24 million home on Sydney's lower north shore has been destroyed by fire. Overseas students will be the focus of a new federal government plan to lure more foreigners to Australia. NASA has postponed its test launch to the moon. And parts of the east coast are on high alert for damaging winds and surf. SEN.com.au, sport is next. Special day, Andrew McLeod and Brett Ma are the Bungie and Brett's to show. I'm John Casey, happy to be along for the ride. We love your feedback as well. Call us on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 154 166 is where you can get in touch with us. Time to turn our attention now to the AFL. Extraordinary first round of the finals. Uh, amazing. Is it the best ever? Oh, it had to be close. That, it's particularly the last few years and uh, I, I know... It's probably been given given what's happened over the last couple of years, and it's been all there's been a bit of chaos with COVID and everything like that. To actually get the I guess finals in, in some back to the MCG, obviously, and playing some finals like look at last night, ninety one thousand there. Wow. But if we turn our our attention to the uh, um, the Thursday night game, Brettsler, and absolute cracker! Wow, the shootout, and you you touched on it. Uh, just before the break, but 16 goals, 10 to 16 goals, eight. Now, That's a lot of scoring. Well, I remember when I was, when we were playing, like when we played in the, the under Blighty in the premiership years, he was always like, you got to score 16 goals to win four goals a quarter. Love it. Simple. Yeah. That's how it is. We, we just become attacking. And I think that's the mindset now of some of these teams is around, we've just got to be aggressive. They see Richmond had the model for a number of years about being aggressive. We saw um, Collingwood do that a bit as well, where they played around the edges. And now everyone's getting that that um, that it, it's it's like chaos ball. Ment- that mentality of pushing the ball forward at all costs to, to score, and obviously getting it in inside fifty, and then trying to set yourself up to press them up, and then and then to have that ball in there to get shots on goal. But that was just seesawing. I think it was 16 or 17 18, 18 lead, lead changes, changes, was it? Wow. 18 lead changes. And I thought it was great how the Tigers uh, theme song got played right at the end. And then quickly shut down. Well, <laughs> one job, mate. Come one on. One job. That guy needs that, to be fired. But that's, but that, that's a Brisbane. You're fired. That's a Brisbane person, though. <laughs> I know. A, even even they didn't on. believe that they were going to win in the well, end. Well, it was so good. Did they win in the end? Well, they did officially. There was a controversy <laughs> about that as well. well. What are we going to do about the goalposts? Make them bigger? Oh. Let's talk about the arc. <laughs> we, we have a conversation about the arc. What, what is going on? How, how can we have... This still happening. We've got all this technology. Look at look at us here. What we've got in front of us. All this technology that we can get our hands on. The goal, um, the the goal line technology, is just not good enough. The, rug, the rugby league do it quite well in the bunker. That, I think that's a great model. Do the people making the decision get a better picture than the grainy picture we get at home on the telly? I don't think so. I don't know if they do, but like you said, they need to make that better. You, yeah. you, the millions of dollars invested, and when it ends a team season, is it hard? On. Is it hard to get a a laser? Apparently so. <laughs> is it hard? Is it laser. hard to get a a camera going up the post? Well, if they can do it in tennis, and they can do it in other sports. Surely we can do it with football. Oh, here's one for you. I was thinking back about when we've done when I've, where I've seen this before. Case 
and you remember this, SANFL, the umpires, the goal umpires used to have cameras on their on their hats. They did. And that used to be a great vision. Takes out, I think, that, you know, that, they often come into play. They're often, they're, they put themselves in the right positions all the time. I always watch David Roden with a big smile on his face. <laughs> he's happy to be there. He's like, yeah, he's, he's, doing he's a all good excited. Job. <laughs> he's looking at the thing and he makes some great calls. But if they had that vision on a camera on the goal umpire's head as well, I, I think the SNFL were probably a little bit ahead of themselves. But they, as they, always. They haven't done it for a number of years now. But I remember going back probably seven or eight years ago when that, that was that was part of the commentary. The yep. Channel 7, it was there. It you, was fantastic. You were getting that vision of the, the goal umpire watching the ball sail over their head. Last so, disposal out of bounds. I'm telling you, the sample leads the world in, in how to construct an AFL or a football competition. But let's talk some good things. The controversy in Brisbane mm. and Richmond will never get to the end of that. One thing that really impressed me about the Melbourne-Sydney game was Melbourne coach uh, Goodwin, after the game, praising Sydney. Yeah. I love that. They, they're not really a surprise packet. I know a lot of people that are loving the way Sydney are playing. Their, their defence uh, in that game was very, very good. And like I tip Melbourne. I think most people tip Melbourne and Richmond because they're coming home with a wet sail. But Sydney are just super strong at the moment, aren't they? Oh, look, I think two words for me that stood out in that game. Pressure and efficient. And that's what Swans were. Their, their pressure, that tackling pressure, Melbourne haven't seen that. And they made a decision that the way we're going to beat Melbourne is we need to bring the ball to ground. We need to bring the ball to ground and that's where we're going to get them because we, our pressure around the contest, around the ball, deny them any time and space to, to get a run on. We'll take out the tools. So we'll do everything in our power to bring that ball to ground. And they did it. They executed it. And it was just like... Melbourne had no time and space. Big talk as well is that Buddy didn't really have a massive impact. He was dominated, they said. But the way I look at it is he still has an impact in the way that he brings the ball to ground. He sucks that best offender into him and allows some of those other forwards to really dominate. And they did. They really stepped up in that game. Well, his and Stephen May's contest was probably one of the, the, the highlights of the game. Okay. Some of my friends, we were talking about this the other day, they, some of those decisions against Stephen May, against Buddy, that little hit in the back, little flop, then the 50. Let it go. uh, uh, Was it there? Don't think so. But I just, did I see (laughs) Buddy take out Christian Petraka? I'm reading somewhere that it was Buddy's fault that Petraka got a, a. a fractured I've leg. seen that footage so many times. <laughs> he's just going for a kick, buddy. And Petraga comes in from the side, sticks his leg in the way, and now he's got a hairline fracture. And will he play next week? Like well, he had the core. I think the core is more of an issue than that. He's going to have to play, though, wouldn't yeah. he? They can't, they can't get through without him. Well, Sudden death against uh, Brisbane, the MCG uh, Friday night. Yeah, that'll 60 be a percent as well. Christian Petrarca. Oh, I think I'll be taking that into Still game. taking him, yeah. Oh, I think you're right. What about the comeback by the Frio Dockers? Let's talk about them. Down oh. 41 in the second quarter. 19 players in their first final. Record crowd, 58,982. Awesome. Got them across the line. Imagine if you're a Bulldog supporter. What what are you th- you're waking up this oh, there's it's not a happy father's day for those bulldogs supporters <laughs> I'm telling you right now because when you're seven oh. goals up yeah you're celebrating well 
They've were done they? it in the past. They, they were, were they? They were. They've done it in the past. Uh, that's why I don't like the Bulldogs. How is you... that game they played against the Crows where Libertore <laughs> jumped up <laughs> hey, into that was the a arms goal. of his hey, players? Was... Speak, speaking of the arc, right, if we go back, let's go back to the arc. Because if you, they're talking about going from the expression of, of uh, players' faces – if they were doing, the, if the arc was back in '97, they went by the expression of Tony Libertadre. Guess they what? Win, pretty much, we're not playing in a grand final the week <laughs> after. But can I? How do you not ice that game? Yeah, that's the question the Bulldogs fans are going to be asking today. How we are? We've got this by the the scruff of the neck. How how are we not icing this game and 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 moving forward? Rio was, showed some great grit to come back, and you need that in finals, but. Can you, see, can you see him going further? That was the greatest escape since Houdini. Yeah. Frio versus Collingwood I next can't, Saturday. Can't see MCG. Him can't see him beating Collingwood. Can't see him beating. How Their pressure was good, though, in the second half. They can bring that pressure. To, and it's going to be a cracking game. That, but you know what? They've got no fear. They come across the they come, come across the nullarbor. They get over to the MCG. We've got nothing to lose, boys. Let's put it all in line. Let's play the way we played the last half. Will Fife right? be back for that? Into the mix. Maybe. But winning form's good form. You're right, Bungie. And as I mentioned, 19 players in their first final. They've got no fear. They're going to the MCG. We're going to win. We're going to beat Collingwood. And if yeah, Collingwood cracked, they finally lost a close one. Wow. Oh, my God. You're like, it's a close game. They're going to win. Geelong are done. <laughs> and <laughs> Gary Rowan, I'm glad to see him do well, well with his yeah, critics. Yeah, it's, it's good for him to put them to bed because he he, he copped some absolute yep. hiding Every about, year. Yeah, about his finals performances. And he, the, best, the only way you can do it is, is you take it on board, cop it on the chin, and then you come out and you put a performance like that on the park. So well done to Gary Rowan for doing that. And he was he was sensational. Um, but, yeah, you're right, Brester. The Cats did to Collingwood what they've been doing to the rest of the competition all year. I know. Yeah, you just expect Collingwood to win those close ones. Now, there's a lot of points being kicked, like 11 goals 12 to 10 goals 12 in that Geelong-Collingwood game. I'd like to see a bit more accuracy. Oh, here we go. We <laughs> How do we fix up. that? Ever heard of pressure? Oh, just Bradster? practice. Just practice. But the pressure. You want to be a kicking coach? <laughs> no. Uh, the pressure in these games defensively, I think you knocked the nail on the head there. Just, just think about that. Good. Like A lot of these guys, though, when you, you look at the way that these guys are running, and I know they're professionals in that, but sometimes the only break you're getting is when you're having a shot on goal. They're doing like four, five, hundred, fifty metre sprints up and down the ground, defend, and no, you're not even touching the footy. So you've, yeah. ran, you've ran a kilometre and a half and then you get back and then you've taken a mark and you've got to go back and have a shot. And it's all that pressure, fatigue comes into it. I'm making excuses for them now, Brett. Yeah, they're, no, top, level, they're top level athletes. I can see it would maybe one of them. The pressure Who's the favourite now? Is Geelong still favourite after that close one? Well, or a Sydney? Like, I mean, Sydney looked really good. I don't think Frio, but a Melbourne. A Melbourne still right up there. You didn't mention Brisbane. Yeah, no chance. And Brisbane. You didn't give Brisbane a are very good. You haven't well. given a chance. You're, like, me, you're like the person playing it's the It's wide play, open for me. Playing the music, the wrong song. Hey, Geelong, <laughs> though. Uh, Geelong. <laughs> Geelong have won 14 straight. Yeah. How about that? Hard. 14 beat. straight. Yeah, That's good. phenomenal. And they've got the, the finals hoodoo off their back, which yeah. could be the thing that just it's elevates. Good. And it was good to see my old mate Danger play really well, too. You know? exactly. And I think, you know, for him. And it's probably been a question mark around his finals as well. Yep. And he actually was was fantastic. He's contested footy stuff. There's no one better in the competition. No, he's, no. he's unbelievable. But, yeah, I, I think the Cats have certainly stamped their mark on finals. Um, I'm not writing off Collingwood because I still think they're the most dangerous team in the in the final series. 
And yeah, it's I can't wait. Next if if it's gonna be like this week, next week is gonna be an absolute cracker. Bring it on. Bring oh, it I on. I can't wait for it. First time ever four Melbourne-based teams lost in the first week of the finals That's as good, well. No one's disappointed about that. Sorry about That's that. That's a win-win. That's a win-win. <laughs> this is the Bungie and Bredster Show. We're doing it all for the new Lorinex Cleaning, securing workplace safety. Google them today. We'll talk some basketball right after this. Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bredster Show. Thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us. Beautiful 14 degrees here in sunny Adelaide, heading for a maximum of 16. We'll be live to the Adelaide Oval to preview the sample finals coming up in just a moment. But uh, first of all, time now for us to turn our attention to basketball with... Mr. Basketball, Brett Maher here. And the NBA 1 finals last night was spectacular. Gee, the atmosphere was outstanding. Yeah, let's start with the girls game. Uh, West Adelaide, uh, congratulations firstly to them for winning. Um, a really good effort. They got out to a good lead. Sturt, to their credit, did fight back, got it back to two points. But uh, the efforts from Madeline Udi, who had 25 and 17 rebounds, and Jenny Rintala, 22 and nine stood out for me. And Jasmine Fijo, 10 assists. Um, they had some really classy efforts. Four of their starting five were in double figures. They had a well-rounded um, game by the girls. And I spoke to a couple of people going into that game and West Adelaide were extremely confident that they would be able to take care of Sturt. They had done a few weeks ago and uh, were able to back that up and do a very good job. Michaela Williams, of course, the Halls, Medal winner had 23 and 13, was a, a standout, as you would expect for Sturt. But uh, a much tighter game than the men's, that's for sure. And um, I thought uh, West were all year probably the standout. They were the best team. They led by 22 in the second quarter. It was back to two in the last quarter. So full credit to Sturt to bounce back. But in the men's game, South Adelaide, as you say, they just were too good for the Woodville Warriors. 88-58, 30-point win. They held Woodville to their lowest score all year. And your good friend and a good friend of the show, Scott Ninnis, the coach of South Adelaide, is the Messiah. He's taken them from ninth on the ladder all the way to the championship. And as a South Adelaide junior, that would mean a lot to him, Bungie. Oh, I think so. I've got a question for you, Marzi, and I think it's fantastic. He's been able to take that title, first title since 1998 for South Adelaide. Why are you looking a bit salty over there? I'm not. I oh. think it's fantastic. because oh, you didn't get one. I was a South did. Adelaide junior. I, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> ah, <here we> go. <laughs> He's crossed over from Sturt already. <laughs> hey, but I, I did want to ask, and you just mentioned a case about Scotty Ninnis. Now, I'm not taking, not taking away from the game. I want you to talk about the game, but... Is this a little bit of redemption for, for Scotty, given that what's happened with, with the Sixers when he was coaching there and the, the, all that, and he, he sort of stepped away from basketball for a while? He did. I, I think it's great for Scott. He uh, got back into South and wanted to turn that club around in the sense that they had been uh, out of finals for so, so long. They were second bottom last year. And he's, I mean, Starling didn't play much last year. He's had him healthy for most of the year. I tell you what, Alex Starling, take a bow. Yeah. 31 points, 18 rebounds. He was a man amongst boys yesterday. He just absolutely dominated. And I tell you what, Jeremy Smith, who's the Woolacott medalist, had 26.7 rebounds, nine assists. But they got some really, really good contributions from their Australian content as well. And I thought Cody Ellis set the scene early by getting on the boards and they did an excellent job of rebounding, uh, both offensively and defensively. And some other guys, Samuel Johns really steps up. Todd Davies uh, contributed when he needed to. And I thought 
their defense and rebounding was the thing that set their tone. And then those guys who they expected to play well and dominate offensively, they did. I thought for uh, Woodville, uh, Meldrum was their only really shining light. He was aggressive. He took his opportunities when he could. Uh, the other guys that you would expect to have stepped up for them just didn't perform. For me, their shot selection was terrible. Um, their ball movement wasn't good. And defensively, they just couldn't lock down um, the way they have done the rest of the year. They're a, a big, high-scoring team. And they had, in the third quarter, they were on something like 39 points. They just couldn't get their offensive game going. Is that a credit to the defensive work by yeah, South Adelaide? Oh, definitely. A bit of both. But South's defense was excellent. Yep. Scotty's taken them back to more old-school principles. Center baseline, bring the help. And I think that has really worked for them. A lot of teams these days are playing that pack mentality defense. I think he had them humming defensively. And when you got someone like Starling running around, he, he reminds me of, on the defensive end of Darnell Mee, the way he can – someone gets past you and beats you, he's still in it, still going to block you. He got some blocks yesterday and just terrorizes and the other team. The good news for both the West Adelaide women and the South Adelaide men is now they progress to the national finals. We haven't had these for a few years. They're on in Melbourne next week and they'll play over three days. So good luck to the West Adelaide Bearcats and South Adelaide Panthers. Congratulations to them all. Well, this is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks to the new Lauren X Cleaning, supporting sample and community football in 2022. Google Lauren X today. Stay with us here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. We'll have more for you right after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Great way to start your Sunday morning here on SENSA 1629. We do it every Sunday from 9.30 to 11.30. Big shout out to the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to you. Great day. Get out and enjoy it. And Brett Maher, the... The venue last night, uh, the Lights Community and Sports Centre, the noise there, the racket, the energy was fantastic. Basketball in South Australia is jumping. It is humming. I, I, I do have a concern, though. Um, that looked really loud and a really good environment with the crowd on top of it. I love that feel. What was the and number? What was the number? I think yeah. it holds about 900 to 1,000. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, I thought they'd get more. Well, I tell you what, there was probably about three – Three or 4,000 people that are upset they couldn't make it. Wow. Um, I mean, I've heard varying stories why they did not play this at Adelaide 36's arena. But for me, Basel South Australia have to play at a big you, you That's your main event for the year, your men's and women's grand final. That's your showpiece. And you're limiting it to 1,000 people for the men's game, 1,000 for the women, when you could have potentially had four or 5,000 people. You had four different clubs involved. You could have had four or 5,000 people. To me, that's limiting the showpiece, and you want to grow the game. That means getting more people along and exposed to it, and I think they would have easily got four or 5,000 people to those games, and I think that's a, just a missed opportunity. Missed the mark. Mm. I think they could have done uh, could have done better. They're building a new stadium at uh, Wayville. Is that going to be big enough? Well, that's where they're going to hold the finals from now. I, I guess the, the one question is that's going to hold – around 1,000 as well. Oh. So you're going to have, yeah, you can have your showpieces there, but you're limiting the game when there is a possible venue. We've got an amazing venue down there. To play Caligula in front of four, have got an amazing five, venue six, down there. 6,000 and try and pack it out for the, why limit yourself? Why not try and pack that so, out, 8,000 people to your finals? So 
basically women's game. Sold out. Rush people out of the stadium yeah. for a whole new bunch of people that got to come in and, and buy new tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Or you can come back again if you want. They had a two-hour gap to do all that. So it is You have to buy two facility. tickets, though? Yes. You had to buy two tickets yeah. if you want to watch two games. And yeah. they weren't the cheapest tickets either. No. Oh, wow. But we, we see with netball who have their stadium where they play all their games, but they will take bigger games to the Entertainment Centre or down to yeah. the Adelaide 36ers Arena. And I think even with this new stadium that Basketball SA are building at Waverley, they can still play their games there. But if you get to a grand final scenario and you know you're going to have a big crowd, I think you have to take it to the 36ers Arena. I think that's your goal anyway, to grow the game. I, I think last night was a good spectacle yeah. and the crowd that was there was great and they did have it on KO. Um, so you were able to watch on telly. I watched it on telly. What was um, the commentary like? I can't believe you didn't so get a ticket. The commentary was good, although I thought the production was average um, as far as they, they showed yeah. they showed stats. like yeah, It was a split second they showed stats for. Um, some of the interviews there was no um, – you couldn't hear them. We'll get there better no next sound. time. But uh, I mean, I thought your your job was once again superlative case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a good man. All right, well, we have to leave. We'll leave the basketball there. We're late for the ten thirty news. The Bungie and Bretster show will continue after this. We've got a whole lot more coming your way here on your Sunday morning on SENSA sixteen twenty nine. The SEN app. Download it today and never miss a moment of your favourite show. Streaming live anywhere, anytime. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. Yes, and welcome back to the Bungie and Brester Show. Proudly brought to you by Mayhem Collectibles, one of Australia's fastest growing trading cards and collectibles specialists. Mayhemcollectibles.com. And it's been a good show so far talking about the AFL, basketball and much more. And we're going to keep on that high level talking soccer now with uh, our football, well, football, our friend of the show, Robbie Cornthwaite. Robbie, welcome. Thank you very much. Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. (laughs) Yes. And there was a big game for Adelaide United through the week where you, of course, uh, played against the Brisbane Roar and went down uh, one goal to two. What did you make of uh, of that game? Well, first of all, I haven't gotten off to a very good start with my tipping because last week I said that they were going to get the, the job done at home. So they've made me look a bit silly there. But, yeah, I thought they were they're pretty disappointing, um, to be honest. I don't think they've really put in too many disappointing performances under Carl Veard over the last uh, year or so. And, and that competition, as we've spoken about at Nauseam, is, is there the cup specialists, they seem to always be able to get it done uh, in the cup. And I think every year, whoever's beaten Adelaide United has gone on to win the cup if it hasn't been Adelaide. So they're always the team to beat. But, yeah, just really sluggish start. Um, Carl sort of mentioned in the lead-up that maybe, you know, this new training block that they'd got into, maybe the players would take a little bit to get into the game. But they were 2-0 down in the blink of an eye. And if it wasn't for the, the goalkeeper, young Joe Gauchi, who, in my opinion, is probably a future socceroo, it could have been much, much worse because he made a, a number of crucial saves and you know had a, had a lot to do from there. And a man sent off in the second half makes things difficult. So they'll be disappointed. They haven't got more competitive games leading into the season now. But I suppose uh, there's only one thing to focus on now, and that's round one, which kicks off for them on uh, October 9. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Robbie, that... that... You know, I did read about the fact that they've actually putting in a, a fair bit of work. New program, heavy legs. Sometimes that fatigue creeps in. It's still only the start. They've been in a preseason for what was it three or four weeks? 
So you have to expect yeah. that, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they've probably been training a little bit longer than that, but it's always, with the cup, it's always a fine balance between getting your side ready for the season. Um, you know what pre-seasons are like at any top-level sport, brutal, but then also balancing with the fact that, okay, we've got a competition here to actually play and win. And it's the beauty of the competition as well because you come up against amateur sides that are, you know, full full uh, match fitness in their season and, and the A-League sides are sort of just finding their feet as well. The quality usually shines through, but I don't know. I haven't spoken to Carl, but maybe he'd put his hand up and say, yeah, maybe we didn't quite get the lead into that game quite right. And, and they were a bit fresher than us because certainly in the middle of the park, in the midfield where, you know, that's your engine room, I thought Adelaide lost that battle quite comfortably. It looked like, uh, I guess, the main controversy out of the game was that Hiroshi Ibasuki challenge where he slid in. For me, it looked pretty clean. Like, I know he had his sprigs up a little bit, but uh, what did you think of that one? Yeah, I have to agree with you, mate. I didn't think there was there was too much in that at all. It was, you know, we, we say tackles from behind should be stamped out and then they're red cards. But if it's a slide tackle where they're almost coming alongside them and, and then, you know, wrapping the leg around and, and getting the ball, he clearly won the ball. I thought it was a, I thought a yellow card would have been would have been harsh. And you could see from Ibasuki's reaction that he was in complete shock. And obviously from that moment, it made things really, really difficult for the Reds. He's not that type of player either. He doesn't have a, you know, uh, any malice in his body. There was no malice in the tackle. He was just working back hard for his team, which you, you want to see from your striker. So I don't think Carl Veer would have any qualms about Ibasuki doing that. He'd love to see that from his striker week in, week out. It was a poor decision. And, um, you know, we've seen it in the AFL with the ARC. The A-League and, and, and football has the same problem with the VAR. Um, you know, because we're playing at suburban grounds, the VAR is not in place um, for the cup. Um, but, you know, whether they would have got it right at, at the end of the day, who knows with these uh, review systems. Well, we hope that uh, the the bloke doing the VAR is not the same bloke that was up at the Richmond-Brisbane game. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, and Brett, so I was just a couple of your terminology around around some of that. Sprigs up. You've already given him a red card coming in. When he comes in, studs up, red card. Come on, mate. <laughs> oh, he right. was so unlucky. I think that. Uh, well, certainly made our chances a lot harder. Uh, Robbie, what about the e- oh, oh, I was just going to ask Robbie about that. So some of the other results, MacArthur 2-0 two, two over Wellington. Oakley beating uh, Sydney FC, maybe the upset of the cup. And uh, then and United uh, beating Peninsula Power there. So next week's games, uh, Sunday 11th of September, we've got Raw versus Sydney United and uh, Oakley versus MacArthur. So a couple of cracking contests to look forward to in, in the in the Yeah, cup. definitely. Yeah, I mean, two amateur sides still in the competition at this stage, semi-final. I mean, uh, you don't see that very often. It might be the first time it's actually happened. And the fact that all the fixtures are a random draw out of a hat, uh, live telecast, so there's no nothing dodgy going on. A lot of people would have loved to have seen an all-amateur tie in the semi-final to guarantee one of them getting through to the final for the very first time. I'm a little bit of a different opinion where you want to see the amateur sides do really well and, and get to the final, but you almost don't want them to do too well because what does that say about the professional game if an amateur <laughs> side can get to the final? You know, it, there, is a, there is a big gap in, um, in quality and speed, and, and I've spoken before uh, earlier about the fact that one's in preseason, one's fully fit, but it's a, it's a fine line between, yeah, let's see these amateur sides go on really well and win it. And then on the flip side, it says, well, what does that say about a professional league if an amateur side can win it? So I've got a foot in both camps, but um, one of them could still get to the final. We know Sydney United knocked out Western United and, as you say, Oakley knocked out Sydney FC. So they've both knocked out A-League teams already and they've got absolutely nothing to lose, which is always dangerous to come up against.
And what about your thoughts of the EPL, the results uh, overnight? Uh, Man City just keep on trekking through. That, of course, was on Thursday. 6-0 against Nottingham Forest. But uh, Liverpool had a good win. Man U had another win, which is good for them. Uh, what are your thoughts on the EPL? Yeah, midweek results were all good for the big sides. United, three wins in a row. Um, as you say, 6-0 for, for Man City, Harlan. Another hat-trick. Overnight, they were held 1-1 to us, against Arsene Villa, Man City. Harland on the score sheet again, but they'll be really disappointed to drop some points there. Um, Liverpool played Everton, a derby. Um, 0-0 that game, but, I mean, Liverpool hit the post, I think it was three or four times. Jordan Pickford, the, the Everton keeper, was uh, made the most saves of any keeper in a game this season so far. So Liverpool would feel really hard done by, but I think there's a crazy stat. It's like the eighth time out of the last ten that it's been a draw at Goodison Park. So They'll, they'll probably walk away. Liverpool a little bit off the pace. Um, yeah. Spurs remain unbeaten. They got a, another win at home. Um, and the big side's got it done. Chelsea a little bit lucky, actually, in the London derby against West Ham. Um, they conceded the goal very, very late on. And we speak about these video referees. They overturned the goal for a foul, which, from what I saw, looked extremely harsh. And uh, David Moyes, the West Ham manager, was absolutely fuming. Cost his side a... A point. So the big sides are sort of ticking along. Arsenal against Manchester United tonight. That's the big one. Arsenal five straight wins going for their sixth. And United climbing slowly after a really slow start. So if United pick up the points in that game, it's really going to be a, a log jam at the top of the table early on. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a, that's a thirsty one, that one for mine. Watching that tonight is going to be a crack. And Arsenal in, in absolutely ripping form at the moment. I just want to change the attack a little bit. Um, I was going to show you about Ange Postacoglu. Over yeah. at, obviously had a, had a, a massive win, uh, 4-0 against the arch nemesis in the Rangers. Now, is he the hottest commodity in international football at the moment in terms of coaching? He is on fire. Oh, I mean, obviously he gets a lot of media attention because he's Australian here, but the, some, of the, some of the tweets and things you read about um, what he's doing over there in the UK is, you know, they, they they reckon he's playing the most attractive football in Europe at the moment. That's a, of any league. I mean, we're obviously looking at it with rose-coloured glasses because we're, we're all big fans of his. But, you know, Celtic have won trophies for a long time. They had a really rough patch and they brought in Andrew. Everyone was up in arms. Who's this Aussie we've never heard of? And, and now, fast forward 14, 15 months into his tenure, some people are saying this is the most attractive football they can remember seeing from a Celtic side. And that's from a team that's dominated for decades so his um his stocks just continue to rise they're, they're in the champions league for the first time in a long time they're playing real madrid on tuesday night at home and you just think if Ange can make some sort of impact in that competition cause some of these big sides really you know some real problems he's just going to be one of the most sought after managers um in europe i mean i've got a question for you guys is he the most high-profile overseas Aussie in sport at the moment. I mean, you've got Paddy Mills, you've got Sam Kerr, Cam Smith as well doing it with the golf, obviously maybe a little bit less so now with his live move. Ash Barty when she was number one. Is Ange probably our biggest export at the moment in sport, do you think? Oh, I'd have to say so. I think, you know, in terms of the, I guess, the global reach of football as well, I don't think he, I don't think anyone holds a candle to him at the moment. I, you know, and, and, and what he's done and what he's doing and like you said, playing the most attractive style of football that anyone's seen for a long time, oh, it's, it's hard to pass, Marzi. Yeah, I, I, think, as I think you touched on. If you're doing well in football, then it puts you straight above every other sport anyway, just the reach that it's got. So, yeah, I think he's doing great things. And we're going to have to go to a break, uh, Robbie. So thanks again for joining us. And uh, we look forward to 
catching up with you again next week. Pleasure. Enjoy your day. Excellent to talk some footy. And Bungie, of course, this show proudly brought to you by Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. We're going to have to go to a break and we'll be right back after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Welcome back to the Bungie and Brester Show on this very, very happy Father's Day, Brester, and uh, to all the dads out there and to the mums that play a dual role in that uh, in the family, happy Father's Day to you as well. Um, cracking day, Brester, too, just quietly. 16 degrees out there. Looking forward to the SANFL finals. We'll catch up with Case uh, just after the 11 o'clock news to dissect those games today. Um, and also... Just to recap on the show, we had Gemma Houghton join us from Port Adelaide uh, AFLW side to talk about their, uh, I guess, disappointing loss to um, to the Bulldogs yesterday in front of their home fans. But, uh, you know, plenty of positives to come out of that. We also talked uh, football with Robbie Cornthwaite um, and uh, went through a lot of the EPL results and also the Australian Cup games as well and the quarterfinals coming up next Sunday the 11th of September. And as you know, the Bungie and Breasts Show, we're brought to you by Lauren X Cleaning, supporting SANFL and community football in 2022. Google Lauren X today. Now, Brett's there. A couple of things that happened over the, the last couple of days. We've, we've talked about football um, and we've dissected those games. We've gone through the finals and cracking it was. I want to turn our attention to cricket. Now, we didn't do so well. We played Zimbabwe up in Townsville, and we went down up there. We scored. We were all out for 141, and Zimbabwe had a three-wicket win against us. And one man that actually did do okay was David Warner. He scored 92 runs out of the 141, and this is what he had to say. Um, they put the ball in the right areas, but as you always have to do, you've got to respect that, but you've also got to try and adapt and you know try and work out how you can score. Um, for myself, I knew if I played straight down the ground, you know, you're probably bringing the edges. So I tried to go a little bit deeper, um, look to play square of the wicket, um, and just anything that was full sort of go through with it. So that's always pretty much my natural game plan, but today has probably had to be that sort of um, frame of mind. And, um, yeah, it, it, it paid off, but um, obviously we would have liked a lot more people hanging around and uh, post a better total. Okay, <laughs> it makes it, it hard, doesn't it? Is that a little slide dig at his teammates? Well, I think so. You look at the, I mean, you look at the score. Maxwell's the only other guy to have any sort of start, having nineteen off twenty-two. Um, Warner ninety-four off ninety-six is not bad. But what what's happened to us? It was the first well, time we used to we've, be the best by a long way. Was the first time we've been beaten in our own backyard as well by Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. By Zimbabwe, that is. So that three wicket good defeat. effort by Zimbabwe, but come on. Oh, no, look, it's an international match. Is now Dave Warner, he's talking about his leadership stuff has always been under question, you know, ever since the, the whole sandpaper gate and stuff and bringing that back in. He's doing the best he can, showing some leadership by, you know, scoring runs with the bat. Now, one person that I wanted to turn your attention to, Brett, just asked you a question. Is he in a bit of trouble? There's been some talk about him, um, I guess his form of late, but the skipper, Aaron Finch, he's... He made five mm. in the in the in the game against Zimbabwe. 
averaging 14.9 in one-day internationals since the start of 2021. And against Zimbabwe, he's averaging seven. He's made 15, one and five. Not good, uh, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like anyone's really stepping up. It was interesting to listen to the coach from Zimbabwe who, although they won, he goes, oh, we're still going to keep this in perspective. There's still a massive gap between the two teams, but it is a it is a huge win for them. They obviously played out of their skins. They had some good efforts. Chakabfa had 37 off of 72. Keitana had 19 off 25 and Muramani had 35 off 47 to get them off to a really good start. Um, and obviously they finished seven for 142, a few wickets in hand. But, yeah, it's it's just disappointing to watch. Hey, another one. We talked about the rugby last week, yep. the Wallabies playing against the Springboks. Well, game two's just happened. And I tell you what, we're back under the bump again. We lost that game 24 to 8. And... Uh, we're looking back down the barrel of that one. We've moved or been dropped back down now in that uh, in that Champions League to second, uh, equal second. So we've got a bit of work to do to be able to back up these good wins and then follow it up with a second win. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. Eh? You, you come out here and you put that performance on a park and then you go back and yeah, it's one of those things. I guess, um, you know, in terms of getting that consistency is one of the things I guess that uh, Dave Rennie is, is frustrated with is the fact that, the, the side's not able to be consistent. And we've seen that. We saw that with the Argentina games as well. We were able to win one and, and then and drop one, which, um, you know, we, we weren't expected to do. So it's about finding that balance. Um, Dave Rennie back under the pump. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. need to be a coach. I tell you what. Who wants to be uh, the national coach for the Wallabies? And let's talk. Can we talk US Open? Because uh, I'm really. Uh, a little bit infatuated with this. I, I think there's been some good games, good results. Um, Kyrgios, of course, was we talked a little bit about the uh, off-air, about coaching from the sidelines in the US Open is becoming that real big factor. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that Kyrgios game? Oh, look, I, I think um, he, well, he, he brushed aside uh, JJ Wolf. It, uh, 6-4, 6-2, 6-3 it was in the end. So... Which um, leaves, I guess, uh, you know, like, I think he's just oh. getting into. He's, he's finding his. He's finding his feet. I'm looking for. He's playing Medvedev next, and we all know what happened the last time. There was some heated words well, said between the two. He is the number one in the world as well. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that game and seeing how that evolves. Of oh, course. I can't wait for him to get under his skin. You know that he's going to get under his skin. His, <laughs> I his hope so. Hey, what about Serena? Um, she. Uh, didn't probably have the fairy tale ending that she was looking for. She uh, came in, won some games. Uh, she won the second set in that game, but I thought it was really good and really um, strong-minded of the Australian to be able to get over the top because that whole crowd was was rooting for Serena, weren't they? Oh yeah, she was so respect, respectful as well. And when she spoke at the, they interviewed her after the the game, and she just said, "Look, I I, I feel bad." I'm obviously happy that I won, but I feel bad that, you know, I've had to beat Serena. I looked up to her. She was one of my idols growing up, um, and it's so sad to see that she's she's bowing out. I think Serena, she played out of her skin in the first two, first two games. And, you know, it, it was just the – when I was watching it, I, I don't know if it was the – you know, what was, what was going on on the – it was more of a 
uh, I guess that atmosphere, the party atmosphere, or the, you looked in the crowd, it was the who's who of in the crowd. You know, you got Tiger Woods and um, you got uh, Spike Lee's of the world all, all there watching her. And look, I, I still think that she go, she bows out as the greatest of all time, Presto. And I'm I'm happy to take you and Case the task on that if you want. No, at some I, point in time. I, well, Margaret Court, a lot would say, uh, I've still got. Doesn't she still have her by one? She won eleven before the the um, you know the the open error. Mm. We could talk about that if you I wanted think to that's too. A but good for argument. me, uh, for me, Serena still sits as the gate. She is. She's right up there. Uh, let's talk prize money for a minute. Uh, we saw. Uh, <laughs> I saw a really good article on one of the young Australians that's come through. One hundred and sixty-eight grand for a round one win. That's US too. Yeah. Um, got on the phone to his missus. And she goes, yeah, that's great. Now our wedding's paid for. Uh, let's move on to the next round. And, uh, yeah, didn't go so well there. But, um, <laughs> but you don't think about the, that's the work that they've done it before that to get to there, though, as well. Have you seen that 168 grand? She's probably done three years of work to actually get to that point. She probably, she's probably played – they've probably played in, in, in tournaments that they you know, struggled to go week to week and – and all of a sudden you get an opportunity to play and you make that money, good luck to them. Yeah, no, it is good. It is good to see. But um, what other Australians uh, can we look for? Kyrgios is there. Um, who else have we got to look forward to, Bungie? <laughs> Throwing you under the bus, I don't know. Let's not talk about Well, I think it'd be nice to see how far, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll get her name wrong, but Ayla Tomla-Jonovic. Mm. is um, obviously the, the the young lass who, who defeated Serena Williams. I'd like to see how far that she can take this. And, um, you know, she's uh, she's obviously been around the place. She's 29 years old, but she's obviously, um, you know, she's in some good form. And as we know, winning form is good form in the in the in in any sport. So looking forward to see how far she can go. But, yeah, Kyrgios and uh, Medvedev, I think that's the, 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 the one that everyone's looking forward to because the two probably most explosive tennis players in the competition – and uh, can't wait for them to, to go head-to-head. Well, there's been some good games in the US, so we've got more, but we're going to have to take a quick break now. Of course, the Bungie Breast of the Show, brought to you by Australian Motors, Mitsubishi. Visit Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. We'll have more from John Casey about the SANFL after these short messages. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brester Show. And welcome back to the Bungie and Brester Show, proudly brought to you by the Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. And uh, we were just talking about some of that prize money in the break. I think if uh, Kyrgios... Wins through fourth round. He gets something 440, 460 odd, 455, right on, uh, $1,000. It's not bad prize money, Bunch. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, for a, yeah, what is it? How, how many, how many days does the, does the US Open go break for? It. It's hard when you break it down into that, but I oh, know. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Hey, oh, I just wanted to touch on something for you. Royal show in Adelaide this week. A little bit off off cue, but are you going on the show? Is that something that floats your boat? No, it actually snuck up on me. And no. I was uh, thinking, you know, I wouldn't mind actually getting out about. I, and with the weather and the change and, you know, we've, we've just come out of winter as well. Like, it's, it's exciting for families to be able to go down there and uh, enjoy it. We haven't had the show in town for a couple of years. So, 
It's going to be good. I know my uh, daughter, especially my youngest, she's really keen to get along. So, um, yeah, it, it's good to have that back. And you notice a bit of a good vibe down there on the southern side of the city. Um, we're going to go talk now some SANFL. And, of course, we've got um, John Casey, our man who's down there. We're going to cross to him in just a second. I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, two games coming up, Bungie, uh, with the Crows uh, playing. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, uh, the Crows obviously last week, you saw that game um, and they were fantastic last week against the Red Legs. Uh, very solid and, you know, well, they, they won quite comfortably in the end, Brett's though. They, they were played very North good. Adelaide, who I think well, a lot of people are tipping North. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's a bit of the unexpected. Like based on, I think based on last week's game, um, and we'll we'll talk with Case in, in a sec about that, but based on last week, it's going to be hard for them to, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I think Adelaide, you know, if they, if they can bring that football that they played last week, they're going to be very, very strong. And it's going to be hard for North Adelaide to, get sort of any sort of, uh, you know, break on them there. But fast deck, um, like we talked with Jacob Surgeon a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the sun's out, finals fever, it's for that finals fever. And, and getting down to to um, Adelaide Oval and some of his players on the outside, some of those guys, they've got some absolute speed, some weapons on the outside. They've also got some very good midfielders in the Coon brothers, um, Aaron Francis and the like in there. Um, and yeah, and I guess the early game of the, the the Red Legs and the and the Tigers is going to be one as well. Red Legs will be very disappointed with their game last week against the Crows, where they got absolutely belted, and the Tigers were able to get home um, by about twenty points in the end over over Sturt. So they'll be looking forward to keeping that winning form going. Well, let's speak to our man down on the spot, John Casey. What have you got for us? Ah, Bungie and Brester, how are you, boys? Look, I have to tell you, this is the best day of the sample all year because you've got the top four teams all back-to-back, quality players and a lot on the line. So uh, I think it's a great day, and they've got on some very special Father's Day uh, bits and pieces as well. I think the players are going to run through the banner with their kids, those that want to do that, and there's activations as well and a chance to kick for goals. So a whole lot of fun to be had down here. Perfect conditions. The Glenelg players are out on the deck at the moment in front of me, as are the Red Legs. So they're first up in what is an elimination semi-final. Glenelg, well, as we know, last week defeated Sturt by 16 points. Norwood lost to Adelaide by 55. And so winning form is good form for me. I think they can upset the Norwood team, Glenelg. But um, it's going to be a tight affair as it's been all season. Yeah, I think, uh, yes, well, interesting you say that. And, and Tigers haven't been, the last couple of years in finals, obviously, um, you know, have been tough, but um, they're certainly uh, prime and ready to go. And that, that will take a lot of confidence out of that win last week over Sturt. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a cracker. Which is, uh, what about the, the second game case? What are you thinking in terms of that? Adelaide obviously would be going in as firm favourites. <laughs> Well, they are indeed. And I should preface my comments by saying that last week I selected the two winners and they both lost. So that probably makes it hard for Glenelg and also going to make it hard for the Crows because I think uh, I can't tip against the Adelaide Crows at the moment. And just to illustrate how tight it is in terms of the competition this year, the four teams left in the competition that are playing today, North Adelaide, the minor premiers, are the longest price of any of the four in betting today. So that's how tight it is. But the Crows were just too impressive to be overlooked from last week. Uh, 55-point winners over Norwood. And, of course, North Adelaide, well, they've had the week off, and Jacob Surgeon is talking up a very good game, and so he should because, you know, they finished the season on top 13-5. and 
um, and they do play an exciting brand of football. So I think we're going to see what a little bit like we saw in the AFL, where it's a shootout rather than a dour struggle. So I'd like to think that uh, that North Adelaide are going to serve it right up to the Crows, but after watching them last week, and they were so impressive, they kicked seven goals to one in the third quarter and blew Norwood away. Uh, I can see them winning here today. Uh, cracking cracking weather out there, Case. They can't blame it on wet deck or slippery conditions. Uh, and that, I would have thought, would help the top teams a little bit more. I, I follow Glenelg a little bit. I only live down the road. For me, they've been very good when they're good, but can chuck in the odd average one. They've been a little bit inconsistent this year. Um, but they they played all right last week. What are your thoughts there with Glenelg? Yeah, it's a good point that you make, Marcy, because uh, you know twelve and six on the season. They started the season nine and two. Glenelg, you know, burst out of the blocks and were very impressive. But then just sort of just lost their way a little bit during the mid year when they lost a couple of players. Durden went to Carlton in the mid year um, draft, and they lost Brett Turner as well. And I think that really affected them, as it would a key your key defender at your centre half back and your key midfielder get taken out of the team at the halfway point. Well, obviously, it's taken them some time to try and get back to their best. But I wouldn't rule them out. I think we remember that last year they went 17-1, and only lost a one-round game all year. So comparing 12-6 and six this season with that, you think, yeah, they've dropped off the pace a little bit, but uh, not too many times that you're going to go 17-1. and one. So they're right in this, Glenelg. And as I say, they won last week. Norwood lost, and there's a lot to be said for that winning mentality. But you're right about the conditions. They're near perfect. And let's hope those goal kickers can take advantage. I know, Marcy, you're keen on these goal kickers kicking goals and not points. Well, let's hope that happens today because last week, Glenelg kicked eight goals, 13. And, um, you know, they need to do a little bit better than that to take their chances uh, if they're going to beat Norwood today. Well, the conditions are a lot better than they were last week. A bit bit blustery last week. So we'll, we'll just we'll put that down to that case. But um, given the kiss of death, you've, you've gone with Glenelg and the Crows. Is that right? Well, just to confirm <laughs> that. Yeah, Glenelg and the Crows. I'll see if I can go zero and four after starting off zero <laughs> and two last week. So... Uh, <laughs> a couple of big things that happened. Obviously, the, the SNFL Team of the Year come out. You mentioned Jacob Surgeon, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. He was the coach of that, uh, named coach of that. It uh, came out the other day. But that leads into an interesting week for, obviously, the SNFL. And just wanted to get uh, your comments on the McGarry Medal on Monday night. Is uh, yeah. who, who do you think? Obviously, Riley Knight is one of those people that people are touting as one of the favourites. Who's, who's the other guys that we can look out for on, on uh, McGarry Knight? Well, you're right. I was privileged enough to be on the selection panel for the team of the year, along with Mark Satis from, from Channel 7. And, of course, 7 will be broadcasting the McGarry Medal tomorrow night. So what I can tell you that is that the team this year, the 22 players, I can guarantee you that the McGarry Medalist is within that group of 22. So exactly who it's going to be? Well, like the season itself, you'd have to think that it's going to be very tight. Last year, we had a tie with Bryce Gibbs and James Cheetahs tying for the McGarry Medal. Um, and the year before that, Campbell Coombe from North Adelaide won the medal, and he won it with 19 votes. He only polled in seven games. So I think those numbers sort of bring Matt Crouch into the equation because he was so impressive for the Crows when he was playing at sample level. Yep. Uh, didn't play a lot of games, but as I mentioned, Campbell Coombe only polled in seven games. And last year, it was a similar number. Bryce Gibbs only polled in nine games. So I think Matt Crouch certainly is going to poll some votes. But it's a midfielder's award, isn't it? And I'm getting sick of it, to be honest. I heard someone <laughs> suggest during the week that 
there should be a medal for the best defenders and there should be a medal for the best forwards as well as the best midfielders. Or And you have the McGarry medal or the Brownlow medal when you're talking AFL on top of that. And I think that's that's something we should look at because you need to reward the forwards and the defenders who have a good season but it's just the players around the umpires under their noses for the entire game so you know I said earlier in the season my tip was Riley Knight from Woodville West Torrens he played very well but you know Campbell Coombs in the mix Matty Snooks in the mix Aaron Young's in the mix Will Coombs in the mix they're all in the mix these midfielders I think we're going to see Harry Boyd or Ruckman is going to poll well it'll be interesting to see how many votes he does get and of course um, you know, as I say, I think it's going to be pretty tight. So Riley Knight is my tip. I just think that he's had a great year. I just would have liked him to have played out the last game of the season. He picked up 11 disposals in the opening quarter in the last game of the season down at South Adelaide, did his hamstring and didn't play any more further part in the game. So I hope he doesn't get beaten by a vote or two because uh, he was on his way to three votes in the last minor round game and before he did his hamstring. And that might just be enough to, uh, you know, to cost him a medal. But uh, it's all going to be on Channel 7 tomorrow night uh, and 7 Plus as well for people who are listening outside of Adelaide who want to check it out. We've got the red carpet rolling as well. Amelia Mulcahy will be doing that. And uh, that's an exciting part of the night as well because the players get to dress up and obviously with their partners, their girlfriends, etc., really get involved as well. It's a great night and one I think you should tune into Channel 7 to watch. And a great day today, Case. Father's Day, if you're looking for something to do, get down and watch the game. If not, it is being broadcast live on SENSA and, of course, with Channel 7. Thanks a lot, Case, and have a great call. Good on you, boys. Happy Father's Day to everyone. I'll see you next Sunday. Thanks, Case. Um, yeah, there's going to be uh, some good games. We've been sport with the footy, with the AFL and the SANFL. Um, who's your tip, Sponge? We got them from Case. Who's your tips out of these two games? Oh, I'm actually going to jump on board. Well, maybe not. I'm going to go. I'm going to go very different. I'm going to change it up. And but I think the, you know what? I'm going to pick North to beat the Crows. So there you go. There's one of them. Brett's saying, I'm going to go against the grain and I'm going to say that the red legs are going to get over the Tigers as well. Your Tigers. Sorry oh, about that. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to go for Glenelg because they're my team just down the road and uh, I'm going to go for the Crows as well. I think they're playing some great footy. They have the advantage on that deck down there. So I'm going to go for those two and we're going to have to take a quick break now. We'll be right back after these messages. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brester Show. Well, welcome back to the Bungie and Brester Show. As we get into the final round of the show, Brester, and uh, it's been a big one. We've uh, we've covered all sorts of topics and there's a few things we uh, want to get into right now and before we um, head off and enjoy our Father's Day. So uh, what do you got? Actually, what do you got on? Anything exciting? Well, I'm hoping the kids have promised me brunch uh, when I get home from the show and then we're going to mum and dad's for tea. So yeah, a little family function last night, uh, caught up with uh, my wife's uh, father and family. So yeah, it was a nice uh, little day and couple of days that I get spoiled. You're on holidays, mate. Are you on holidays? I am. What about yourself? What are you doing for uh, Father's Day? I don't know. 
Don't know. I'll, it's a surprise. I'll work that out when I get home. I'm Connor is <laughs> is Connor woken up from his uh, slumber yet? From no, after they losing, got, after uh, they got beat in, the in the finals. In the final yesterday, um, uh, I actually didn't see him this morning. So uh, we'll wait and see when what uh, rolls out of bed when I get home. Hey, hey. I want to just bring something up. There's yeah. been a lot of controversy, and timing of this is always questionable. Five or six years down the track, but the dusty, dusty uh, footage that has come to light. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Obviously, it plays a big distraction for not only him but the team leading into a game. What's your thoughts on what's happened there? Yeah, I think, like you said, the timing of it, um, it's six or seven years ago, and it doesn't make it uh, right. We don't condone it. No, we we definitely don't. Exactly. But I was listening to Gillian McLaughlin uh, talk the other day, um, and obviously it's not a good look. Gillian McLaughlin was saying it's not a good look. but we certainly need some more information before the league um, assesses and the actions of of, of what's happened. Um, and as we know, with that the video leaked on the eve of the Thursday night final against Brisbane. So I think until you get all that information, um, it's hard to actually make it some sort of determination and understand the relationships or whatever was happening at that time. So I just think we just need to you know hold hold off on that. But what I do know is that. One thing that um, I know about Dusty Martin is he's he's a very family um, or he's orientated man. He's you know he's 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 um, tight with his mates and and whatnot. And one of those that comes to mind for mine, and I've heard Trent Cotchin talk about him. And uh, you know he he's he's an uncle to his kids, and he's such a great guy. Uh, his family um, is is important, and he gets around his his teammates. They obviously got a high praise of him. But one thing I'll tell you about Dusty is that I know that they obviously lost on, on Thursday night and more, more than likely they would have been having a few drinks on, on Friday. And, you know, as you do, you sort of end the season and they might've done a a couple of drinks before they go back to Melbourne and then they'll go through the review and all that. But Dusty Martin actually went down to one of his mates and who who I know quite well, his mum's, uh, his mum's funeral, um, down on uh, the, the the coast there of Queensland, uh, down at um, Tweed Heads, and he went down there to support one of his friends that I know quite well, um, and that's the type of bloke that he is. He, you know, went out of his way to to, to do that, and that's you know, I was um, when I when I heard that, I spoke to my friend um, on Friday Friday night. He rang me, and then actually had a chance to to have a chat with Dusty on the phone and talk to him. He's my brother was there, and he wanted to have a chat with me, so. You know, he's, he's just he just wants to be around his mates and 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 you know support. So he's I think that sometimes he gets painted in a bit of a different light. Well, we'll see what happens and transpires. I guess in the next couple of days, um, a few quick hitters. Uh, Oscar Piastri, worst kept secret in Formula oh. One, has signed on with McLaren. That is blood sport. The way that Ricardo has been treated is is appalling in my mind. I think they've uh, really slammed him. I mean. Probably the way he came in was similar, but uh, yeah, that could be this could be his last few drives. Um, unfortunately for him, we'll see if he can pick up another seat. Some other things: beer cans being bought in at Adelaide Over. What's your thoughts there? Well, I know there's been a bit of talk about the beer cans coming in, and people are a bit worried about you know people throwing beer cans or what they're doing. You know, like no one's. I don't think. Too many people are going to throw a beer can when you're paying like 16 or 17 bucks. No, they'd be empty ones. Uh, yeah. You're only going to get hit with an empty one and then you might as well pick it up and go get the 10 cents. But if it takes – one person does the wrong thing, they're going to obviously retract that and take it away. So I 
oh, I'll give it a shot. Why not? Lastly, uh, rugby league. Um, just some of the scores that stood out for you over uh, this weekend. Well, there's one score that really stood out for me that I'm not really want to talk about. Oh, the Par- storm. <laughs> Let me guess. The storm. <laughs> now we lost. Parramatta beat us on uh, on Thursday night, uh, which wasn't great, but. It was an interesting score line last night in the game, uh, which was uh, Cowboys uh, v Penrith. Now, that was 1v2, Cowboys v Penrith. Now, what happened was Penrith, they chartered a flight up to, up to Townsville. They didn't take any of their players. They didn't take any of their, their big players at all. They rested and they pretty much took their second string side. They got done 38-8. to eight. Um, So a little bit of false sense of security, I guess, for the Cowboys winning quite comfortably. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the Panthers, interesting tactic Panthers have obviously got bigger fish to fry. Come they get their, they get their best player back next week who will come in. Cleary will come back into the side. They'll be full force ready to go for final. So that's dangerous for, though. When you're meddling with that, yeah. in my mind, you play your team. I know you want to look after injuries and all that, but just for momentum, I, I think it's better just, just to freshen them players. up. I think it's just about freshening them up to they head into the the finals foray next week. But one of the games this week, there was a game today that had a had a fair bit on it. The Raiders and the the Tigers, who were playing for the Raiders to make the eight, but uh, the Broncos did them a favour last night by losing. So the Tigers, uh, sorry, the Raiders actually don't have to win today, but uh, I'm certainly sure that they will make 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 sure they get the the chockies against West Tigers. All right, that's it for the Bungie and Breast Show, our Father's Day edition. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal. Or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.